0: Welcome to the Dealing with Goliath podcast. The mission of Dealing with Goliath is to sharpen the psychological edge in business leaders with skin in the game who want to be more effective under pressure, uncover hidden value, and increase profitability. With expert guests across the business spectrum, we deliver gems of wisdom delving into their methods, their thinking, and approach to business life and to problem solving. This is the double espresso shot of insight through our short interview format where we are as quick and concise as can be with five questions in just nine minutes. I'm your host Al McBride and it is my pleasure to introduce to you today Liz Wiltsey. Now, Liz Wiltsey is a trauma-informed leadership specialist based out of Los Angeles. She's on a mission to support people in getting their needs met at work and organizations who genuinely want to put their people first. To that end, she created an interactive field guide to naming your needs at work and hosts the podcast, What's Leadership? On a personal note, I've been blessed to know Liz for over a year now, and her clarity of thought and attention to detail is always invaluable, and it always comes from a place of great fun, usually laughter, and a lot of humanity. So it is a true pleasure uh, to have you on the show, Liz. Welcome, welcome.
1: Thanks, Al. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, great to, great to finally have you on. We, I thought fate was intervening and stopping us there, but we finally managed to have you on. So it's great to have you here. Uh, so let's kick off. I'll just get the, uh, the nine-minute clock. It's a soft nine minutes, not a ferociously hard <laughs> Maybe limit. Maybe more like there.
1: 12, who knows? We'll, uh, see.
0: You know, we'll see how it goes. But nine, it's approximately nine minutes. So with that in mind, Liz, we'll kick off and tell us, What's or who is your ideal client and what is their biggest challenge?
1: Yeah, so my ideal client believes in their work and or uh, often both their organization, but still struggles with burnout, resentment and communication.
0: Mm. Well, there's burnout, <laughs> resentment and c- communications. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. So what are some of the common mistakes that people make when they're trying to solve some of those issues that you just addressed.
1: Yeah. So one of the biggest mistakes is actually that people just imagine this is how it is, that this is how it has to be. Um, And so the mistake in solving it is really not solving it. Um, And, People tend to blame themselves. People tend to be super conflict-avoidant and just be like, "Well, it'll end when I die, or when I quit, or when I get a new job." Um, you know, well, so the,
0: they have just total acceptance of total, this horrible I situation. Mean, not,
1: not really acceptance so much as just like this is how it is. Like, I mean, I guess that's acceptance. Um, but you know, you look at the state of the global workforce. Um, I read that. Report by Gallup. Gallup released it in 2017. Um, okay. So it's not quarantine. It's not a quarantine report. It's before quarantine. Mm-hmm. But before quarantine, they had just 15% of people globally are engaged at work.
0: 15.
1: 15. Wow. So doing that math right, that's 85% of people who are not engaged for one reason or another. So that's a lot, and to me, that's a lot of suggestion that says, like, people think it is what, that that's it, it, what it is. It also
0: suggests to me that, you know, as you said, you're working with uh, workplaces and organizations that really actually care about changing that environment for their staff and for their employees. Uh, but it also seems like, you know, you can take a cold hard economic uh, reasoning on this one as well, that. If, you, if it's 15%, even doubling that, you're literally doubling the potential engagement and activity, uh, productivity from your workforce. That's incredible.
1: Well, and, and a dear friend of mine, um, who I think you know as well, Al, um, David Deanspread, who is a leadership expert out of uh, Australia, Western Australia, um, he has the numbers on it as well, where um, to replace someone is... Time and a half what you were paying them or more, depending on the position, right? So you're so gonna pay yeah. a whole extra half of what they made to replace someone. So it so I don't like to lean into saying you're gonna make more money if people are happier, but you will also sure. make more money if people are happier. <laughs> like that's not that's not why that's not what drives me, right? And not of what course. I think should drive. I think if you're really trying to put your people first, that has to be putting your people first. And the rest is a byproduct of that rather than saying, I want to make the most money, ergo.
0: Absolutely. What Absolutely. Happened, right. So, as you say, it, it's not the motivation, but it's also why, you know, I, I know from a lot of research I read myself that where people are happier at work, it's the management are more engaged and interested in the people's, their, their staff's well-being. And as you said, engagement and enjoyment of work. And those companies tend to grossly outperform as a result of those things. As you said, it mightn't be the purpose, but it is a huge benefit and it's, it's a huge, it just makes sense in every direction,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it really mm-hmm. does. So with that in mind, is there a, a, a free, uh, valuable action, mm-hmm that people can take to start moving in that direction. They mightn't get there tomorrow, but even just <laughs> pointing themselves in the correct uh, trajectory can help a lot.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm actually going to give you a little two by two to get started. And then I'm also oh, cool. going to give you, so I'm going to give you sort of a thing and a half. Um, wow. One of the, as we want to do, right? We like to put things in a two by two grid. So there's a little four thing. Um, <laughs> and, you know what I'm talking about, everybody. The <laughs> little quadrant thing. right? little quadrant thing, right? So you ask two questions of yourself. Okay. And one is, Am I allowed to have needs at work? And you have a yes or no answer. So this is not a sometimes and a whatever and a whatever. I need you to be like, narrow down the complexity of that in general, in the aggregate. Are you allowed to have needs at work? Okay. Yes or no? And then, are other people allowed to have needs at work? Not are you trying to meet them, but are they allowed to have and voice their needs at work? So, from there, and again, yes or no. Right. From there, we get four, as we always do. We get four. (laughs) And and (laughs) so, the no and the no. For people listening on the podcast, I'm definitely making little gestures about this. So don't worry for people who are watching it later. There you go. Um, But so no and no, I think of a robot. A robot doesn't have needs. Robot doesn't think other people need to have needs. A robot is preferred by a lot of companies.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right? Because a robot also thinks, um, a robot also thinks the company's needs need to supersede their own. Right. Um, So that's a robot. Moving from the robot, someone who says, yes, I can have needs, but no other people can't. That is a diva. And, if, and I want no. you to think about, um, now I realize when I say diva, your first instinct might be a female singer. And I would like to push on that a bit. Um, push And, away. and my, um, my first thought in terms of diva tends to be, uh, you know, hard truth, Steve Jobs, right. where, um, where those need, you know, there's lots of things that were written about catering, Right, catering to his needs. And obviously, he built a really significant company, but that sort of type exists in a sort of Silicon Valley caricature that right. is like the one person at the top gets to have their needs met and everybody else needs to like scramble. You could also think about Meryl Streep in um, The Devil Wears Prada. Right. right? Gotcha. Everyone gets to like scramble around and be like, Very much.
0: gotcha. Right. The, the authoritarian style leader. The
1: authoritarian style leader. Right. Gotcha. But like gotcha. they're allowed to say what they need. And everyone else has to get it for them um so then the sort of corollary Uh is no i can't have needs but yes everyone else can so we call them the martyr and this is the one where you often leads to a whole lot of resentment to be totally transparent this is where i have lived my life before i started doing this work um Mm -hmm. i come at this work as a person who didn't know she was allowed to have needs
0: um
1: and so that martyr just gets burnt out, gets resent, gets resentful. Um, and the martyr and the diva find each other a lot. Right.
0: right? That makes like sense. In, they, they click in together. In business situations. Right. right? Their expectations um, balance in an yeah. unhealthy way.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> then the yes and the yes, everyone can have needs is human. It's oh. a human, right? <laughs> a Which, human so, workplace. So we're trying to pull, um, and it's not meant to say if you are one of those other things, like most people are one of those other categories. Most. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of taking a look at where do I sit? Where am I starting? What am I starting with? Um, and then from there, I say give yourself time to ask yourself what you need at work. Because mm-hmm. if you're in a martyr category or you're in a, robot category, you might have never thought about it. Yeah. Like I've been working since I was probably 14, um, like in jobs with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I never sat back and went, hey Liz, like what, what makes you do your best work, right? What, what do you need to like really feel these things? So as I was teasing that out, I realized there are four buckets, right? I think of as buckets of needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I call them the four elemental needs. And they are safety, connection, appreciation, and growth. Hmm. And so if you look at the common um, grievances at work, they fall into one of those categories. And one of the things that I will say is if you're not paying your employees enough, that actually undermines their safety, right? Hmm. Because people going home, having to wonder whether or not they can feed themselves and their families because, you know, a lot of people are, to be frank, are not paying their employees enough, right? A lot of businesses I live in the United States. Very common. I know you are in Europe, <laughs> place to be determined. Um, <laughs> and you do it a little differently over there sometimes. But over here, um, there's a lot of that are not paying their, their employees enough. And it, it undermines actual physical safety. And so how can someone come into work and do their best work if they can't reach, you know, there's a lot written about psychological safety as well, Um, but if you can't get there. So I say, start thinking about those four things, those four buckets, and there's lots of things that go into those buckets. So,
0: um, might you be able to direct people to a free resource mm-hmm. to help them along mm-hmm. those lines?
1: Yeah, so um, Al mentioned I created a field guide to naming your needs at work. That is not free. However, I took, <laughs> I took some of the pieces out of it okay. um, and I've spun off a couple pieces um, so that you can start thinking about it. So it's basically, it's an interactive piece um, where I chart out the things that... I believe impact, safety, connection, appreciation, and growth. Um, One of the things that I do is I build my tools on Notion, which is a platform um, and it's, you can sign up for free. But what that means is that people can adjust those things. So if you see something and you're like, Liz, I get that that works for you, but that's not true for me, delete, right? You don't have to keep the things. That aren't so you true personalize you. it. Okay. you can add the things um, because it would be super arrogant of me to assume that like I know the sum total of all the things that can impact everyone in the history of the world, right? So that would be silly.
0: <laughs> so Absolutely. Go. So we've gone over time a little bit, but I do have to ask you that last question. It says what is one thing that could be really valuable to our audience? That I should have asked you about? What one question?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would say, what is the responsibility we have to other people? Ah. So, do you yes. want me to answer it or do you want me to leave it there?
0: Well, we can leave it <laughs> hanging there, in the, the big question mark. <laughs> And then do a longer interview in a few <laughs> weeks' time or something, if you like. Or you, you can give us a quick... I'll a give quick, you the
1: short version and well, then if you want to. I'm happy to. Um, the <laughs> thing that people ask me is, Liz, is it my responsibility to make sure other people are getting their needs met? And in some ways, if you are leading an organization, I will say yes. But the way that that, that happens, it's not for you to decide what that looks like. It's for you to be in conversation with your people and make sure your people have space to ask for what they need because lots and lots of folks in the workplace are too afraid. That's a great distinction.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Because again, a lot of people kind of almost feel that, oh, am I going to have to be guessing and trying to work this out? It's like, give them the space to come to you to have that conversation. As you said, if they feel in there's enough psychological safety as you said and physical safety, and all the safety that they can actually have that potentially Mm -hmm. difficult conversation hopefully it's not so difficult but as you said that the communication lines are open there that that thing can happen that conversation can happen Mm
1: -hmm. excellent stuff
0: thank you so much for being on the show Liz
1: thanks Al (laughs) that was
0: awesome (laughs) we'll talk to you again soon hopefully
1: great thank you
0: cheers